time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, and welcome to a very special midweek edition of the Vintage Truth Podcast. Kind of out of the ordinary here because normally I come to you on a Monday or a Friday, but I wanted to do this uh, special midweek podcast because of an upcoming event that's happening and I wanted you to be aware of it. I wanted you to have what I believe is God's perspective on this particular event. And of course, I'm talking about the September 23rd planetary star alignment that's happening in the heavens uh, that's going to, um, according to some people, either usher in the tribulation period or signal the sign of the rapture. So there's a lot of chatter about this event. There's a lot of uh, white noise that's out there. There are men who are very serious about the fact that they believe that this is either pointing to an, a very imminent rapture or that something incredibly cataclysmic is going to happen to our planet that relates somehow to Bible prophecy and or the end times. And so, you know, it's coming off the heels of this uh, this eclipse that was on August the 21st. And of course, there's a lot of hoopla surrounding that. And so, you know, people people look at the heavens. They They think that what happens in the sky and what is going on with uh, all these hurricanes that we've had and the the huge spread of uh, wildfires in the northwest and with an 8.1 magnitude earthquake right off the coast of Mexico and volcanoes that are threatening to blow up <laughs> most of a Yellowstone Park and all these things that are going on. And so there's a whole cottage industry of people out there that simply watch this kind of th stuff and want to relate it to Bible prophecy. So let's talk about it for just a few minutes, because I think it's important that you are informed about what the Bible says so that you can, well, first of all, be confident about what's going on. And secondly, not panic uh, when you hear someone say these kinds of things. And, um, and then thirdly, so that you can answer when other people say, hey, have you heard about this planetary alignment that's coming up on the 23rd of September 2017? So anyway, let's just uh, let's get to the heart of the matter here. There is a um, this astronomical alignment that's going to happen on the 23rd. And basically, um, there's Virgo, OK, in the constellations, right? And I'm not an expert on the Zodiac or on all the constellations. I do have an app on my phone that shows me where, where the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper is and where Venus is and that type of thing. But basically they say that this constellation is going to be aligned with the moon and the stars and it's going to basically mirror what we see in Revelation chapter 12. So according to this claim, you have this 
woman, Virgo, in the sky, in the heavens, along with the sun and the moon at her feet, which scripture talks about. And then you've got these 12 stars, supposedly. And it comes from Revelation chapter 12. And uh, basically, let, let me read the passage to you in Revelation 12. It says, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head were a, cr a crown of 12 stars. Okay? And obviously, this takes place during the apocalypse, during the time of, of great tribulation, right in the middle of it, actually, in, uh, in Revelation 12. When I say the middle, I mean it's right in the midst of it. That's what I mean. So they say that this planetary alignment is the fulfillment of, of that. Well, let's talk about that for a couple of minutes here. The first, first of all, there's nothing particularly unusual about the sun appearing in the constellation Virgo. Let me read to you what Dr. Danny Faulkner from Answers in Genesis uh, says about this particular thing. He says, as we orbit the sun each year, the sun appears to move through the 12 constellations of the zodiac, spending about a month in each one. The month that the sun appears in Virgo is around the time of the autumnal equinox from mid-September through late October. He goes on to say, nor is, is it unusual to find the moon near the feet of Virgo. The moon takes 27 and a third days to orbit the earth with respect to the stars. Therefore, for a day or two each month, the moon appears near the feet of Virgo. So the whole idea of, you know, Virgo and the feet is supposed to line up with, with Scripture. He says, although I'm very familiar with the constellation Virgo, I've never been able to see a woman in the sky there. So I can hardly pick out what is supposed to be her feet. And I seriously doubt anyone else can either. Therefore, for a day or two each September or October, the sun appears in Virgo with the moon at her feet. So this is not that remarkable, end quote. Now, there's some other reasons why uh, this claim is, I believe, very bogus. And uh, it's kind of contrived. It's kind of, if you hold some, you know, something up to the light a certain way, you can see something, but it's really not made that way. You know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of one of those things where they're looking for something to happen and they see something that looks like it could be this or that. And so they basically go find a Bible verse that seems to, uh, to fit it. Now, I see several problems with this approach to the Bible. First of all, there are many different verses in Scripture that if you don't have a, a working understanding of how the Bible works and how it's interpreted, then you're going to cherry-pick verses that seem to bolster a certain opinion or seem to be saying something that they're actually uh, not saying. For example, in Genesis 1:14, the Bible says, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heaven, the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So 
you look at that verse and you go, okay, then we're supposed to look up at the stars and look for signs. No, that's, that's not the point of the passage. Because if it were truly a sign from God, God makes his signs obvious. I mean, the star in Bethlehem was, was obvious. The signs that Jesus did, his miracles were obvious to everyone. It's not something that you have to dig through and find, you know, like a needle in a haystack kind of thing. So, first of all, it has to do with, with biblical interpretations. And then you look at passages like Luke 21 and verse 25, where Jesus is talking about the end of time. He says, and there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and upon the earth dismay among nations and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. Wow. Now that to me, that sounds like hurricanes. It sounds like September 23rd. But is it? Well, once again, when you just click on a movie at any point and you make a conclusion about the entire movie, the plot of the movie, or, or how the movie's going to end based upon one single scene in the movie, well, that's not fair to the movie. You need to watch the whole movie to get the context of what's going on. So what is going on? Well, one of the principles of Bible prophecy is that we study things in their context, and it doesn't mean that there aren't symbolism. There's not symbolism in Bible prophecy because there certainly is. But when the Bible is speaking, the Bible tells us or gives us clues when there are symbols and symbolic language. So how do we interpret then Revelation chapter 12? Because I think that's an important thing to you know, talk about, right? So let's look at it again. It says, in a great sign, it's the word mega, the word great there, sign appeared in heaven. By the, word, by the way, it's the first time in the book of Revelation that the word sign appears here in this passage. And a sign simply is a symbol of, of truth. That's what a sign is. It's a symbol of, of God's truth. Something's going on here. A woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. What could that possibly mean? Well, when you understand the general overall context of Revelation, you see where Revelation has a lot to do with Israel. And Israel is the key player in Revelation because, guess what? The church isn't there during the time of tribulation. We have been raptured to heaven we have been delivered from the wrath to come. There is no wrathful condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. There's no eternal condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. So we're not there. I don't believe that we're there. Some people do believe we're there. Some people believe we go through the tribulation. I don't believe that. We go through persecution and we go through tribulation in life, but we don't suffer under God's wrath. God took Noah and put him inside the ark and saved him from the wrath when he destroyed the planet. God took Lot 
and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah before he nuked that, those cities. And Jesus said, I will come for you and take you to heaven in John 14, 1 through 3. In 1 Thess 4, 13 through 18, Paul describes the idea that we are going to be rescued by our Lord Jesus Christ. There are many, many, many other verses that speak of us being delivered from the wrath that is coming. Because we're not destined for wrath, we're destined to obtain deliverance through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, <clears throat> so what's this referring to? Well, I think it's referring to Genesis chapter 37. And back in Genesis 37, let's just go back there for a second, and I want to read to you what happened. You remember perhaps Joseph and the fact that Joseph had a dream, and in Genesis 37, and in verses 9 through 10, this is what we read. It says, Then he dreamed still another dream, and he told it to his brothers, and he said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this is in this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and to his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? His brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his own mind. And of course, eventually Joseph did go to Egypt and served in Pharaoh's court and was elevated and promoted in the kingdom to where he was in charge of all the food. And guess what? When there was a famine in the land, here comes his family to get food at the world food kitchen called Egypt. And they come to this guy who's obviously dressed in Egyptian garb and he's, his hair is Egyptian. Everything's Egyptian about him. And it says they bow down to him. Hello. Fulfillment. So here in, in Genesis, 12, excuse me, in Revelation 12, it says he, he sees a woman who's obviously Israel, clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of 12 stars, 12 tribes of Israel, 12 stars. And it says she was with child. That would be the Messiah. And she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. So Israel, through many centuries of suffering, eventually gave birth to the Messiah. And then immediately goes on to talk about another sign in heaven. There was a great red dragon that's obviously Satan, having seven heads and ten horns. And on his heads were seven diadems. This speaks of Satan's kingdom and rule during the tribulation period, which... Uh, is explained in, in Revelation. His tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven. And it's talking about, I believe, the original revolt in heaven threw them down to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she gave birth, he might devour the child. Satan tried to kill Jesus. Matthew chapter 2. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. That's speaking of the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that she might be nourished for 1,260 days. That's 1,260 days, which is half of the tribulation. So 
basically this passage is simply rehearsing some of the history of Israel giving birth to the Messiah, Satan hating the birth of the Messiah, trying, trying to kill the Messiah. It tells us about Satan's original revolt in heaven. It tells us about God preserving Jesus and catching him up to heaven at his ascension. And then back to the tribulation where basically Satan's anger towards Jews intensifies during the tribulation period. And they have to flee because at the midpoint of the tribulation, the Bible tells us that Satan will enter the Holy of Holies in a rebuilt Jewish temple and he will declare himself to be God. And Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation, that's that event, when Satan, or excuse me, when the Antichrist enters the temple and declares himself to be God, Jesus said, drop everything and run. Run to a place prepared for you. So there's going to be a, a great persecution of Jews in the tribulation period that's going to make the Holocaust of World War II look like a trip to Disney World. And, and besides, if, if Revelation 12 is going to happen on September the 23rd, or the rapture, is going to happen on September 20th. I got news for you. We're already in the tribulation then. But there's two things wrong with that. Number one, if that were true, then where where has Revelation 5 through 11 been? You know? I mean, I'm looking at my Bible here. I see the uh, sealed judgments. I see famine. I see, I see death. You know, I see... Ashen horse, I see disease, I see uh, massive martyrdom, I see physical disturbances, I see meteors falling from the sky, um, I see 144,000 Jewish male evangelists, um, I see trumpet, the trumpet judgments, you know, I see uh, the um, a third of the earth being burned up third of the sea being destroyed, third of the fresh water destroyed, third of the light removed from the heavens. You know, I, I see demon locusts being released from a pit in, in chapter 9. I mean, there's all these things, the two witnesses. I mean, there's so many things that are happening. You know, some of these things are not all in chronological order, but the whole context of Revelation 12 points us back to other parts of Revelation. So you, you can't just jump into Revelation and find something that looks good and then make it apply to your life. It's not the way it works. We don't look at the world and then go to the Bible and try to find out <laughs> some way to justify it. We look at the Bible, then we say, okay, is there anything going on here? You know, we begin with the scripture and the whole approach to the book of Revelation, if you just want to take that approach, then my gosh, I mean, it just becomes this chaotic book, but it's not. There's chaos in the book. But God's prophetic plan is not chaotic. It's very orderly. And I wanted to, you to know about this event. Of course, we didn't cover everything about it, but I wanted you to get a, a good handle on the fact that, you know, it's not to say there won't be things that will happen in our world. There won't be cataclysmic events. There could be things. There could be a nuclear war at some point. There could be a nuclear strike at some point before the rapture. There could be other economic collapses. There could be terror attacks and all kinds of things that happen. But as far as pointing to Revelation chapter 12 and saying, hey, this is, this is happening on September 
23rd, or this somehow symbolizes that the rapture is right around the corner. It might be, but I don't believe it's because of this event. And we just have to be very careful about being authoritative with some of the things that we see in the world and assigning biblical truth to those things. So I hope that gives you a sense of comfort, sense of calm at the same time. You need to be ready. You need to have your life calibrated with God and his word. You need to be seeking his kingdom. Your perspective is that your citizenship is in heaven. Your priorities is that you set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth, because your life is hidden with Christ in God. Man, what an incredible truth. And our future has nothing but hope as believers in Jesus Christ. You need to move forward with confidence, with great confidence, knowing that you are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. Go live that. I'll talk to you next time.